talking about miracles today. We're talking about some questions. And sometimes it's in the questions that we encounter God. Um, the, the, this past um, Monday, I went to visit a woman, and her question to me was, is there anything we need to talk about? Is there anything we need to talk about? Powerful question, because it leads to all kinds of questions. But I, I, I visited with Marlon Sacri, and some of you folks know Marlon, Lynn Nauber's mom, 94 and a half years old, and I asked Marlon if I could share this story, and she said yes. Um, Marlon Sacri, 94 and a half years old, her, her husband and her son has already gone to be with Jesus, gone to heaven, and Marlon now is in home hospice, and she's on the home stretch um, Ram Das talks about when it's all said and done, we're all walking each other home. And right now, um, Lynn Nauber and her family are walking Marlon, her mom, home to be with Jesus. And that's been our theme for this Christmas season, coming home for Christmas. And that can mean all kinds of things, but in my mind, it's sort of a, a regrounding back to some of the basics. Uh, getting right with God, if you will. Um, so I went to visit with Marlon at her home this past Monday. And that was the question she asked. Is there anything we need to talk about? Is there anything we need to talk about? And, and no small talk. Marlon gets right to the heart of the matter. And I'm not very good at small talk anyway, so I, I appreciated Marlon's question. And I asked her, I asked her, Marlon, you doing okay with all of this, with this dying stuff? And she knows that the end is close. And Marlon, she told me she was at peace and that this dying thing so far has been really, really peaceful. We didn't talk too long because every breath, every breath uh, was a struggle for Marlon. But we did talk about her faith. We talked about um, her trust in Jesus, that she was not scared at all. Um, we talked about her favorite scriptures. And she tells me for funerals, she doesn't like the one where Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. And I forget why she doesn't like that one. Um, but I, I kid with her and I tell her, tough, that's one of my favorites. So it might be there in your service. Um, and we, we, we kid each other. Marlon is just this great, got a great spirit, filled with joy, filled with joy. And we banter back and forth. And I say, well, what about, what about some other possibilities? What about Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd? She says, that's nice about trust and surrender. Nope, nope. She doesn't bite on that one either. And we finally settle on Isaiah 40. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary in his understanding. No one can fathom it. And Marlon says, yeah, that, do that one. Do that one at my service. And we talk about her favorite songs, favorite hymns. And she says, you know, for Christmas time, it's O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Um, God with us. Great. And then she says, in the garden, maybe, or maybe it's well with my soul. And then I think, uh, at least this is the way I remember it, that she wanted a sheep song. And I told her, I, I know one, we're good with that. <laughs> then I anointed her with oil, her forehead with oil. I told her, I don't have any of the good oil. I use WD-40, are you okay with that? And she says, and this is all honest, this is all true. And she says, yes. And then we prayed together. Um, we prayed with eyes open. I held her hands, she held my hands. We looked in each other's eyes. And I just prayed that she would be okay in this next season. Is there anything we need to talk about? Um, just a powerful question because it leads to other questions. And we'll wrestle with questions today. I, I want to wrestle with three questions that, that Luke's gospel, as Luke unfolds the Jesus story, there's three questions that bubble up. Um, we've been looking at Luke's gospel, chapter, chapter 1. If I could have you guys begin to turn to that or it's in your sermon notes 
Um, but there, there's, there's three main stories that, as we start in Luke chapter 1, and they're all, all the stories are linked together. In these last couple of weeks, we've looked at part 1, part 2, and today we're looking at part 3. Um, but let me just lay out these three questions, because there's three questions that I believe tie this story together. And if you're taking notes, um, um, this is question number one. How can I be sure? How can I be sure? And, and if you know this story, this is when Ze- the, the angel Gabriel appears to Zechariah in the temple. And angel Gabriel starts to lay out the plan that, that um, uh, Gabriel says, you know, I know you're old, and I know your wife Elizabeth is old, but you're going to have a baby. I mean, it's a miracle baby. And, and, and Zechariah, in all honesty, in all um, vulnerability, says, how can I be sure? So that, that's, the, that's the question asked in Act 1 of the story, scene 1, if you will. Uh, question number two, how will this be? And that's the question a- asked in Act 2, or the story we looked at last, last Sunday. And if you remember, uh, six months later, the angel Gabriel shows up at Mary's house and begins to tell her that she is going to be with child. And that child will be the, the Son of God. The child will be Jesus. Um, and, and Mary, having not, never been with a man, says, how will this be? So question number two, how will this be? Question number one, how can I be sure? Zechariah's question, that's a trust question or a faith question. Mary's question, how will this be? That's just an understanding. I, it, let, help me understand. Um, but question three, why did you come? Why did you come? That's today's story. That's the question asked in our story today, Act 3 or Scene 3. Three questions. How can I be sure? How can I be sure? How will this be? Number two. And number three, why did you come? And then I want to say there's, there's a fourth question too. There's, there's, a, there's a gap question, if you will. The same question Marlon asked me. Is there anything we need to talk about? And this is a question that begs to be asked in the gap between last week's story. Mary finds out she's pregnant. She says, okay, I, I'm in. Not exactly, but paraphrasing. I'm in. Yes, um, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be so. Let your words be fulfilled in me. And then the, the angel disappears. And then the next scene is the one that we'll look today. We'll look at today. And there, to me, there seems like there's a gap between those stories. Um, um, there's a gap between Act 2 and Act 3. There's a, there's a story between the stories that were not told. But I believe the, the writer Luke wants us to wrestle with the question that needs to be raised in between those stories. And I, I'm calling um, that question number four the gap question. Is there anything we need to talk about? And really that question is raised by the, character, the unseen characters in the story. It's not from Mary. It's not from the angel Gabriel. It's from the unseen characters. Is there anything we need to talk about? Um, but let's go, let's go to Luke chapter 1, starting with the 39th verse. And I ask you to listen carefully. These are God's words. And the title, at least in my scripture, titles this section, Mary Visits Elizabeth. And this ties all the stories together. Mary from this story right before, and then Elizabeth from the first story. And I ask you to listen carefully. These are God's words. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Elizabeth exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Why did you come? 
And as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. The, the baby inside Elizabeth's womb was John the Baptist, would be eventually John the Baptist. Blessed, this is Elizabeth again to Mary, blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's just flesh this out a bit. Let's look at those first two verses, um, starting at verse 39. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town. If if you guys are taking notes, just circle hurried. Um, At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. Mary finds out she's going to have a baby, a baby boy. And not just any baby boy, but Jesus, the Son of God. And the text says Mary got ready and quickly headed out of town to see her relative Elizabeth and Zechariah. Mary is heading out of town like the next day. In my mind, I imagine this angel appeared like at like 8 o'clock at night, like my bedtime, 8 o'clock at night. And then Mary is just stirring all night long with, with this, this, how can this be? How can this be? I have found favor with the Lord, but how can this be? This question pondering in her head. And then this story takes off and she, she, she leaves town quickly, she says. Picking it up at verse 41, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting... The baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. I think that's key, Elizabeth being filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, Elizabeth exclaimed, Blessed are you, Mary, among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. And here's how I see this playing out in my mind's eye. There's a knock on the door, Elizabeth and Zechariah's door. I need a knock. They have a metal door. <laughs> but there, there, there's a knock um, in my mind's eye, Elizabeth is resting. She's tired. Remember Elizabeth, she's old and she's six months pregnant. And there's a knock. And Elizabeth calls out, who is it? And Elizabeth, it's, it's me, Mary. And when Elizabeth hears Mary's voice, the baby inside Elizabeth's womb starts doing somersaults. It, it, he leaps, John the Baptist leaps for joy, this baby. Such a cool thing. A sacred thing, the miracle of a baby moving inside a mom-to-be's tummy. And Luke describes how at the sound of Mary's voice, Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. And this next part, I believe, is a key part of the story. Somehow Elizabeth knows, somehow Elizabeth knows that Mary is pregnant. And I believe this somehow is the Holy Spirit. I don't think she knew any other way. No phone calls, no emails, no texting, no FaceTime or Facebook, no time for a letter to get, at, get there. Elizabeth just knows. And I believe this, too, is a, is a God thing. Just like the Broncos winning today will be a God thing. Elizabeth knows because the Holy Spirit of God is within her. Blessed are you, back to the text, blessed are you, Mary, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. And the next part of the story, I believe, is another key piece to the story. And I want to land here for a while because it's central to this, this part of the story, this, this third part of the story, this act three or scene three. Picking this up at verse 43, Elizabeth again to Mary. Why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? It's the third question in this trilogy of stories. Why did you come? The question, I believe, that ties the three stories together. Why are you here? Why did you come? And Elizabeth asks this question not with any hint of negativity, but with blessing. Why have you come to bless me? Why am I so favored to have you come? Why are you here? Why did you come? Mary came, I believe, to Elizabeth for support and encouragement. 
I believe Mary, as soon as the angel Gabriel departs, Mary needs to get out of that small town of Nazareth. Folks in small towns, they can be so cruel with stuff that goes south. When stuff hits the fan, she hurries off right away to, to Elizabeth because she knows, she knows Elizabeth knows something about miracles, about God breaking into one's life. Trying to piece the stories together, trying to read between the lines. Um, Mary's been told by the angel Gabriel that her relative Elizabeth, Aunt Elizabeth in our story, is pregnant six months already. And she's told by the angel that, that that's a miracle. It's a miracle. And that your baby inside of you is a miracle too. And Mary now races to Elizabeth's home. No one else could possibly understand what's happened to, to Mary. If Elizabeth has this miracle baby being knit together in her womb, maybe, maybe she could understand the miracle baby being knit in Mary's womb. This one they'll call Jesus, the Son of God. Maybe, maybe Elizabeth will understand. That's Mary's hope as she still is coming to grips with the reality of it all. Yes, Mary comes to Elizabeth for support and understanding. But I believe Mary is there for Elizabeth too. Remember, remember Elizabeth is old. And Zechariah is old and now mute. Elizabeth is going to need some help. These two moms-to-be, Elizabeth with John the Baptist being knit in her womb, Mary with Jesus being knit in hers, these two moms and their two kids, they will be eternally linked, John preparing the way and Jesus being the way. And Elizabeth says it outright. She was blessed to be a blessing to Mary. Elizabeth is the one, the only one who can look Mary in the eye and say, I know, I know, I know. She's the only one in this story with any authority, with Shmika, to say as she hugs Mary, I know, I know, I know. And Elizabeth is blessed to be a blessing to Mary. And Mary, a blessing to Elizabeth. Blessed to be a blessing. And Jesus and John, these two baby boys, these two cousins, both foretold by an angel, Gabriel, they're coming, both linked through their births, both linked by their earthly missions. Elizabeth's question to Mary, why are you here? Why did you come? And I think some of it's obvious, two women, two family members with shared stories, loving and caring on each other. But I love this question because it's a faith in action question. Why are you here? Why did you come? It's a a question I believe we wrestle and respond to one way or the other all the time. Opportunities in our lives when we sense a need or there's an inner nudging, a calling, if you will, to show up and be there for someone. Why did you come? Why did you come? Why are you here? Times I've asked that question or thought thought that question in my own life. Bob Harney... um, He's a best buddy, uh, a forever friend, if you will. Um, when my mom passed away in 2018, um, Bob and his wife Leslie drove four hours the next day to be where my mom and dad lived, where I was, to cry with me, to love me, to care for me. Bob, Bob, why are you here? Why did you come? And Sue Henningsgaard, another forever friend from Maryland, showing up 22 years ago when our daughter Sarah was born prematurely. Sarah came into the world three months early, weighing two and a half pounds. Sue Henningsgaard, a member of our church back then, a mother of nine amazing kids, just this amazing lady. She shows up at the hospital an hour away from where she lives to walk with Cindy and I during those first scary hours after Sarah came so early. 
And I texted Sue this, this question the other day. Why did you come? Why did you come back, back in the day, 22 years ago, why did you come that day? And her answer back to me in this text, and I quote from the text. As for the reason I came, well, by that time I had nine kids, and I could relate on some level to how much anxiety and fear and worry you and Cindy must be going through. We had a few serious scary times with our older kids when Chuck, her husband, was working abroad in Oman and Ethiopia, and I still know the feeling of hopelessness when there is nothing you can do but pray. We had no family in those places that could support us or give us support, but we did have some people who stepped in to provide those things to us. When you called and told me what was happening, it wasn't even a decision as to whether I would come to the hospital, only a thought as to who would watch the kids at home since I couldn't bring them with me. And here's the crux of her text back to me. Sometimes you are just led to do things, not even make the decision, if, if you know what I mean. Yes. Yes, I know what you mean. Thank you, friend. The miracle of showing up and God working in and through us. Why did you come? Why did you come? I think the answer, when God is leading, and this is the next note if you're taking notes, I could not not come. Those weren't her words, but those are my words, and I know a double negative is not correct English, but I could not not come. That was Sue Henningsgaard to us. That was my friend Bob and his wife Leslie. We could not not come. And I believe in all my heart, when God calls us to do something, to step in, to be the hands and feet of Jesus, sometimes the Holy Spirit just pushes us into action. We don't think about it, we just go. Coming back here, coming back out of my 20 minutes of retirement, however reluctantly I came back, I could not, I could not not come. I could not not come. Why are you here? Why are you here? Why did Mary come? She could not not come for herself. She could not not come for Elizabeth. Next notes, why did Jesus come? Why did Jesus come? Big picture, big Christmas picture. He could not not come. He could not not come. God through Jesus could not not come. Why did, why did Jesus come? To show us the way. To show us how to live, John 10.10. 10. I've, I've come to give you life and to give it to you abundantly. To show us the way home to our heavenly home, John 14, 1 through 6. Marlon Sacri may not like it, but it's going to be in her service when we celebrate her life. But John 14, 1, 6. Do not, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many rooms. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go there to prepare a place for you, I'm coming back. You guys know the way. And the, all the disciples say, we have no clue what you're talking about. And Jesus sums it up and says, I am, I am the way and the truth and the life. At first Christmas, we celebrate God coming to us in and through Jesus, but also the promise of every Christmas. The last note, Emmanuel, God with us, fill in the blank, a forever reminder that we're not alone. Why do you and I show up when we feel those nudgings, the Holy Spirit calling us. Because God showed up for us. It's our response to God's love for us. We sense a need or a whisper from God. It's how we live out the great commandment, to love God with everything we've got and to love the things that God loves, to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. It's how we live out the gospel. Why did you come? I could not not come. 
That leads me back to the, the question, the fourth question, the gap question in our story. The question that's not asked, but one that begs to be asked. The question that Marlon Zachary, our hospice patient, asked me. Is there, anything, is there anything we need to talk about? The gospel story today, Mary going to visit Elizabeth. The question begs to be asked as Mary gets ready to head out of town. This question begs to be asked not by the character or the characters in the story, but by the unseen characters in the story. Is there anything we need to talk about? Mary, Mary's packing her bags in my mind, and she's in a hurry. She says she's going to go visit Aunt Elizabeth. And her parents asked the question. Joseph, her fiancé, asked the question. Siblings asked the question. A best friend asked the question. Mary, Mary, Mary is there anything we, we need to talk about? Just like Zechariah, the story is mute on this point. And Mary heads off to Elizabeth and Zechariah's home. And we later learn that Mary's there for three months. She's there for the, for the, for the duration until, until Elizabeth delivers her baby boy. Both as a blessing to Elizabeth, Mary's there, helping her for sure, but also blessed by Elizabeth. And in the corner, as, as Mary, in, in the quiet moments, as, as Mary is talking to Elizabeth, there's Zechariah, I imagine, in the corner. Not saying much because um, Gabriel zapped him. He couldn't speak, not until John was born. But Zechariah is listening to every word Mary, Mary speaks. And with his eyes and with his head, he's saying, yes, 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 I know what all that's like. Is there anything we need to talk about? It's a great question. It's a great question we ask sometimes to clear the air. A great question to make sure there's all the I's are, are dotted and the T's are crossed. A great question to be asked as one transitions from this side of heaven to the next. Is there anything we need to talk about? And I love these questions. These are all questions on our faith journey. How can I be sure? How can I be sure? How will this be? Two questions in response to miracles, God breaking into their story. And then why did you come? To me, why did you come? Faith in action, the miracle of showing up and God working in and through us. Mary, a blessing to Elizabeth, but Elizabeth, a blessing to Mary. And then the gap question. Is there anything we need to talk about? Is there anything we need to talk about? Um, for some of you guys, I sh I've shared this story before. My, my dad volunteers at a hospice house every Monday. My, my dad's 92 years old. Dad volunteers at this hospice house in Vero, Vero Beach where my dad lives. Um, my mom, she spent her last days at this hospice house. And in part, that's why my dad volunteers there. But, but he, he tells me almost every Monday afternoon, Joe, I hate this. I hate this. I hate going there. I, I, I get there at 9 o'clock and I'm looking at my watch. Uh, can't wait till it's over. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Um, this past Monday, not so much. Um, I, after, every time my dad goes, I, usually Monday afternoons, I call, I call my dad and say, Dad, how'd it go? And, and my dad this time said, it, it was okay. It was okay. And then dad tells me the story. Dad, dad goes in and goes to the head nurse. Is there anything we need to talk about? Is there anything we need to talk about? And then there's a long pause in the story. <laughs> um, is there anything we need to talk about? And the nurse, uh, she, you can, obviously struggling. She's a hospice nurse. And it's just, some of you guys, some of you nurse people, some of you folks have walked through hospice. Hospice people, 
the nurses, the aides, the folks who work in hospice, I mean, they are just angels this side of heaven. And I just love every time I can brush up against those folks. Man, I am always blessed. But this hospice nurse tells my dad, I'm struggling today. I'm really struggling today. And my dad says, hey, well, come here, come here, come here, come here. Um, close your eyes, close your eyes. And, and just imagine you are on the 50-yard line of a stadium. And the stadium is filled with all of the patients that you have cared for all the years that you've been a nurse. And, and not only the patients, but their families. The, all of these folks that you've walked home to heaven, they are there. And they are cheering for you. Just think about that for a second. My dad had her close her eyes. And then when my dad finishes the story, there are tears in the nurse's eyes. And tears in my dad's eyes. And the nurse said to my dad, that's exactly what I needed to hear. And the nurse gives my dad a big hug. Is there anything we need to talk about? Um, you know, I think God nudges us to step into the stories. And there are miracle, miracle, miracles. Like if the Broncos win today against the Chiefs, um, it would be a miracle of miracles. But then there are miracles that happen when we show up. And God works in and through us. Um, my, my challenge to you, however God is nudging you, because I, I think God nudges us regularly if we just listen. How is God nudging us to love on someone, to show up for someone? It's two weeks till Christmas. Everybody's done with their Christmas shopping, I know. <laughs> um, two weeks till Christmas. How is God asking you to, to be a Christmas gift, maybe a Christmas miracle for someone between now and then?